Turn over to Proverbs 17, then you can do that to start with. After I um, noted this morning where we, what the topic we would be talking about tonight uh, in Proverbs, which is uh, Proverbs about friendship uh, and the, the wisdom that we have uh, from Solomon related to, to that topic, uh, Sarah asked uh, afterward, she said, so uh, you're going to be preaching on Proverbs 17, I'm guessing? I said, well, not entirely, but that's part of it. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of Proverbs in here covering a wide range of topics. Up until this point, uh, we've looked at several discourses by uh, Solomon about the value of wisdom, uh, the differences between wisdom and folly, and of course the two paths, which are wisdom and folly, that uh, one must choose. Um, and to an extent, really, when it comes to several of the topics that we're going to look at, there is this two-path option um, in terms of friendship. Uh, you know, we're going to look at, um, you know, what you don't want in friends and what you do want in friends and how you should work to maintain friendships and how things may disrupt friendships. So there's, you know, obviously the um, point and counterpoint, uh, all of which Solomon gives us wisdom about. But as humans living on a planet with other humans, it is inevitable that we're going to have to have some sort of association with our fellow humans, uh, whether it be co-workers or uh, classmates, um, etc., the uh, word friend doesn't often come into play until you reach a certain level of that relationship bond. Um, friendships uh, are things that um, typically, if they're maintained and treated uh, the right way, are things that can last forever. Um, you know, there are guys that I went to college with that we still keep in touch with, and, uh, you know, I, we pick up right where we left off whenever we, um, you know, talk on Xbox or, or talk on Facebook. You know, it's, not, it's like we've never, we've never really had this long separation of actually seeing each other in person. Um, but in, in God's Word, he has, provided, uh, he has provided us with the wisdom that's necessary um, in which we can develop good relationships with those around us, and, and also to help us avoid the pitfalls uh, that too often destroy good friendships. A good portion of this wisdom, of course, is found here in Proverbs, and much is revealed regarding this subject of friendship. For example, we're first going to note what is revealed about the value of friends. Um, just like with wisdom, we need to know what the value of, uh, of, of friendship is. Um, first of all, it is a source of comfort. Um, Proverbs 17, verse 17, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So, raising three boys, and being one of three boys, I know that being a brother, in the physical, familial sense, is designed for adversity, and battle, and war, and fighting. John's shaking his head back there. That's what brothers do. But friends, loves at all times. It means in good times and in bad. Um, they're a good source of comfort. If you look over one chapter later, uh, chapter 18, verse 24, uh, in some cases, um, the comfort that a friend provides is even better than that provided uh, by a brother. And I think this is brother in the more familial sense rather than um, 
the, uh, the spiritual sense. Uh, verse 24, uh, the, the second half of that, but we'll read all of it. Um, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Um, oftentimes, I think the first part of that, um, if you have too many friends, um, that can cause issues, especially as jealousy comes into play. Um, you know, oh, you spend more time with that friend than you do with me. You've probably heard something along those lines before. Um, those things probably even come up in marriage relationships as well. You spend more time with your friends than you do with me. Uh, or you spend more time with your wife than you do with me. Uh, that's how friendships typically break down in the first couple of years of marriage. As my wife and I have quickly learned out when we were in college and married, and we found that a lot of our friends didn't want to hang out with us anymore. Why? Well, because we were married and that we started hanging out with other married couples. I don't know. It's just kind of how the how the road went. And then when kids came into the picture, they don't want to hang out with you anymore. You got kids. Then you got to get a sitter, and then Pam goes off to college, and you don't have a sitter. And <laughs> um, so friends uh, are a good source of comfort. Uh, another uh, source that we find in friends and a value we find in friends is good counsel. At least that's what we should find in good friends is good counsel. Um, look at Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27, uh, verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart clad, as does the sweetness of a friend who comes with earnest, er, that comes with, uh, from his earnest counsel. So, good counsel from a friend should delight the heart, should bring about that good feeling uh, of comfort um, that you get uh, from a friend. The value of counsel, having good counsel, is also seen in Proverbs. You turn back to Proverbs 11, Proverbs 11, uh, 14, yeah. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So counsel is important. Uh, if, you look at the, if you look at the nation of Israel, when they didn't have someone counseling them and leading them, they quickly fell away. Even in times when they did have someone leading them, they quickly fell away. Um, but as you see, you know, as they're going through the wilderness, um, each time there's a leader that steps up and starts guiding them in the right direction. And then, of course, they ask for a king, and all things go downhill from there. All right? So, counsel is important, and friends can definitely provide that. So, a friend who offers comfort can be trusted to provide good counsel, uh, and that is certainly a blessing. And again, that's something that we should look for in friends, is someone who can provide those types of things for us. Of course, if we have friends that we find are giving us bad counsel, then that's probably a red flag that that's not a good friend. Um, so finding the right friends, of course, is important. And that's what we're going to look at next. Proverbs 12, 26 talks about choosing our friends carefully. It says, One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Why does that, attain, why does that coincide with friendship? Well, if your friend is righteous, then he can be a guide to you, his neighbor. But if he is wicked, then where does that leave you? Or lead you, I should say down the path of the wicked. So let's look at some advice on choosing our friends wisely. Um, first, to do this, we're going to look at the friends that you don't want and the Proverbs and the wisdom that cover that. Look at Proverbs 20, uh, verse 19. It 
Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. People who gossip, right? Friends that gossip and cause hardships in relationships. You don't want to be associated with those types of people because it comes back to you, right? It all comes back to that. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Right? Even if you're not one of the people that are taking part in the gossip, just being associated with that person puts you connected to that. And that's not a good thing to be a part of. Now, uh, these are going to go uh, in order here in Scripture. So, um, t- Proverbs 22 is the next place. 22 verses 24 through 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger. Nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Again, the same kind of concept. Um, You know, bad company ruins good morals. So anyone who is short-tempered, who is easily angered, um, these are not the friends that you want. Now, if you have friends now that are already like that, perhaps this is an opportunity for you to minister to them and provide the good counsel of a good friend to them to help them overcome some of these shortcomings that we're talking about here. Uh, The next one, uh, in the next chapter, in verses uh, 20 through 21, this is a good one. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. Um, So the, the meat part isn't necessarily the important part. The gluttony part is the important part for us today. Um... So stay away from drunk, those who are given to drinking and those who are given to gluttony. Um, again, not good company to have. Um, the next chapter, verses 21 through 22 there in Proverbs 24. My son, fear the Lord and the king, and do not join with those who do otherwise. For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. So that... The, uh, the wisdom that Solomon gives us here is stay away from those who are easily swayed, easily changed. Right? It says, follow the king, or fear the Lord and the king, and don't, don't join with those who choose to do otherwise, who change their path. There, it seems to me that they, they once followed, feared the Lord, feared the king, and then they changed and decided to go a different direction. Um, because... The next verse says, disaster will arise suddenly from them, meaning they change their mind very quickly, very easily. I think we probably all know some people in our lives who are like that. They're just, they're, they're um, flaky, I think is the best word for it. You know, they say, oh yeah, I want to do this. And then when that time comes, they're not there or they don't want to do it or, um, you know, they, they change their mind, etc. But those who are easily swayed, you know, quickly make changes without thought in, into it, um, those are um, some, some things that we should avoid. Um, next chapter, verses 18 through 20 in Proverbs 25. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. Yeah, 18 through 20. Um, Trusting in a treacherous man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. So the warning here that, that Solomon is giving about uh, you know, the friends that we should avoid 
are those who are liars, those who are untrustworthy, and those who um, are inconsiderate. I think that's what the last part of that um, talks about. Um, Verse 19, I'm sorry, verse 20, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. Um, That proverb there is pretty deep. Um, When I first read it, I was like, well, that that doesn't seem like a bad thing. Someone who sings a song to a uh, a, a, um, heavy heart. But the point is, is that they don't care about your heavy heart. They're not singing a song to cure your heavy heart, but they're just singing a song even though you have a heavy heart. They're happy and joyful, and they don't care how you're feeling. That's being inconsiderate. Um, and it says, and they're like um, one who takes off a garment on a cold day. Cold-hearted, right? That's a cold thing to do when you don't care about the feelings of somebody else. So avoid those people. And lastly, something that we saw in the beginning of Proverbs in chapter 1. We're not going to read it tonight, but uh, in the first, uh, well, chapter 1, 10 through 19, talks about staying away from those who are given to violence. Hopefully that one's pretty obvious. You know, you don't want to be friends with someone who just walks up to people and starts fights, likes to get in fights and and strives to be uh, a violent or aggressive person. Obviously, you know, all of those categories all fit into what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.33 about bad company ruining good morals. So what kind of friends do we want? Obviously the opposite of what we just talked about, but there are also some specifics that we find uh, in Proverbs 13. If you want to turn over there. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Again, the same kind of concept of keeping the company of which you want to be striving for. If you want to be wise, then hang out with those people who are wise. If you want to be righteous, Surround yourself with those people who are righteous. Do not surround yourself with immoral, uh, unrighteous people. Um, And then in verse 14, same chapter, uh, it says, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. So the teaching or the counsel that we talked about will help lead you in the right direction when you are struggling. These are people you want to surround yourself with so that you can be built up and you can continue on the path of righteousness and the, 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 the path of wisdom. Um, and again, if you have friends that kind of fall into the bad categories, maybe you are that person that they're surrounding themselves with, unknowing maybe, um, that you can provide that righteousness, that righteous counsel and that, that example that they should follow. Um, an example that I often give is, you know, with my coworkers, um, the place that I work at outside of, of, of ministry, you know, when we get together, they, we often go out somewhere that has alcohol. I don't drink, and they know that I don't drink. They still try to get me to drink, but the whole aspect of it is that I don't and I won't. And um, it's it sparked a lot of conversation. Why don't you? Well, there was one year, and I've told this story before, where one coworker overindulged and um, got sick in the lobby of the hotel um, the next day as we were all leaving. And in that moment, I, ref- I went back to this, these proverbs about and, and what Paul says about keeping good company. I was sitting right by him when this happened. And it's like my face just got associated 
with the guy who overindulged in alcohol the night before and just got sick over this really nice hotel lobby and my stuff. <laughs> we won't talk about that. But, and I had to get on a flight that day. That was, I was not very happy. Nonetheless, though, it, it, um, it reminded me of, of perhaps the important example that I was setting and why I don't do um, those things. So, the wrong kind of friends... Um, can have a corrupting influence. Um, and that's something that I think we should always evaluate. We should always be looking at our friends, the company that we keep, and whether or not they are leading us down a path that we shouldn't be on. Um, if we don't have the strength to avoid the temptations that, that, uh, of the things that they're participating in, perhaps it's time to part company and surround ourselves with people who will not lead us in that direction. These are important things that we should do as Christians because it's important to stay on the path of the wise. Because those friends who are good and wise are the ones that you want to hold on to. So, what about losing friends? How to avoid losing good friends? Well, Solomon gives us some wisdom on that as well. Um, And to do that, we'll first look at some things that cause friendships to end. uh, Things that disrupt friendships. Um, Proverbs 17 Verse 9, start there. And again, these, these all go in order, so we'll just be turning to the right as we go. Um, 17, verse 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. What does this mean? Well, this is talking about those who just repeat everything they hear. The person who covers an offense, meaning they see something bad happen and they say, you know, you're forgiven or whatever. I'm not going to tell anybody about this. This is between you and me. You messed up. We understand. Okay. A bad friend and something that can ruin a friendship is seeing something like that and then telling everybody else about it. That's gossiping, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, But that's something that will definitely disrupt a friendship. Go a couple verses down in verse 14. The beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. What is that talking about there? Well, senseless arguments. A senseless argument over meaningless things can quickly blow up into something much bigger, um, can cause hard feelings. Um, And the the point of this is, uh, um, I think, when when you begin letting out water from something, whether it's a, a, a jug or a barrel, if you pull the plug on that barrel, it's going to start going as quickly as possible. Think about a dam. If a dam is holding up a reservoir of water, and there's a simple crack in it, it starts out as a slow trickle. But it eventually, if it's not fixed quickly, will turn into a deluge and kill people, depending on how big the reservoir is and whether or not there are towns in the way. But that's the point of this. Avoid those senseless arguments that cause friendships to break up. Another one, this is one I really like, Proverbs 25. This is something I'm always mindful of um, because I hate awkward silences. I hate like just that, that weird feeling when, when you've just overstayed your welcome, and that's what this one is about. Um, One way to lose friendships is overstaying your welcome. Look at verse 17 of Proverbs 25. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, that one speaks for itself. Uh, the next one, next chapter, same verse, twenty Proverbs 26, verse 17. Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. I've never taken a passing dog by the ears, but I can imagine that if it's a wild dog, it's not going to like that a whole lot because even domesticated dogs don't like their ears being pulled. So one who meddles in a quarrel that is not their own... Well, that's not going to be very good for you. So mind your own business, basically. Don't meddle in the affairs of others. Another way to disrupt friendships in uh, same chapter, next couple of verses, 18 through 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. I'm looking at Caleb and Dale. No. <laughs> So, um, so this is, you know, playing bad jokes, playing bad pranks, those sorts of things, or, um, leading, I think this one speaks more to leading someone to believe something so much that when you say, oh, just kidding, that's going to cause some strife and, and heartache. Um, so something that you should avoid there. The next verse is another one. Verse 20, for lack of wood, the fire goes out and where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. Being a, a storyteller, telling stories, not necessarily true stories, um, these can also harm uh, friendships as well. And lastly, the next verse there, verse 21, As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Don't cause arguments. Don't be the one who causes arguments. I'm looking at my son again. But see, brothers do that, right? A brother is born for adversity. But in our friendships, we should not be friends with, nor should we strive to cause arguments uh, amongst our friends. Get out of here. Um, lastly, uh, verse 20, or chapter 27, verse 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. So, the first time I read this, I thought, don't wake people up. Don't wake people up with a loud voice. But I think this is more about insincere flattery. Not being sincere in, uh, in how you talk to people and how you, in perhaps even how, how you build them up. Um, the, uh, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice. Blessing indicates that there is positivity in, in, in the loud voice. Um, but the fact that they are doing so early in the morning, basically waking them up, um, that's negative. That's not a good thing. And so you don't want, uh, you don't want to, to be insincere in how you interact with your friends. So following this kind of advice, one is less likely to offend his or her friends, but sometimes we do. It's going to happen. Um, And regaining their confidence is not always easy. Uh, Proverbs 18, 19 speaks to this. It says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. So what can be done then? What can be done to mend a broken friendship? Um, Perhaps we've fallen into one of those categories before. Well, consider 
Solomon's wisdom on solving problems with our friends. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's way pleased the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So, one way to solve your problems is to make sure that you are at peace with the Lord. That's something that we should always be striving to do. Proverbs 15, verse 18. This one is a common thread throughout Scripture and, of course, in the New Testament as well. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Again, contention causing arguments. So be slow to anger. James 1.19 speaks of this as well. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Along with James's exhortation there, about being slow to anger, he also says, be slow to speak. And Solomon speaks to that as well in Proverbs 18, uh, verse 13. He says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it, it is his folly and shame. Be slow to respond. Be slow to answer. Because we have to hear the question before we can answer. How many of you have seen the game show? Usually it's family feud uh, when they're up at the buzzers. And the host asks the question and someone hits the buzzer before the question's fully asked and they say some ridiculous answer that has nothing to do with it because they didn't listen to the whole answer. Well, what does Solomon say here about that? He says that it is his folly and shame. And that is exactly what happens on the game show. Their teammates are like, why did you buzz? Why did you, why didn't you listen to the answer? Right? So the same thing goes with our relationships as well. Um, I think sometimes that because Sarah and I have been married for so long that I just know what she's going to say or what she's thinking. And so, you know, I'll look at her and, and she'll start saying something and say, and I'll say something in return. She's like, that has nothing to do with what I was about to say. Um, the next one, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. So pretty simple one here. The way that you make things up and fix things with your friends is to not quarrel. Don't fight. Don't argue. Stay away from it. Find common ground. And one way that you can help avoid quarreling um, is found in Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Speak gently. Now, this applies to friendships, but I think it also applies to parenting. This is something that I struggle with when, uh, you know, getting on to the kids. You know, speaking uh, harshly with a harsh word. And oftentimes, it stirs up anger or it stirs up tears. And I think, well... You needed the tough love, and you needed that, and I'm okay with you crying about it now. But really, uh, we're, Sarah and I have been trying to read a book about proper calm discipline, um, because Lincoln doesn't respond well at all to harsh uh, criticism or harsh words. Uh, in fact, he throws them right back at you. If you tell him to zip it, 
He said, no, you zip it. You laugh. It's infuriating. <laughs> because it makes me laugh, and then he laughs and thinks it's okay. But we have found that when we uh, come about it in a calmer manner, with a soft answer, it avoids that wrath. Um, so while that's true with a, a, a three-nager, um, it should, it's also true um, in our friendships. Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 19. I'm trying to wrap this up here. Proverbs ten nineteen. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Keep it short. Short and sweet. Um, I think speaking directly more so when we're trying to solve a specific problem with our friends, um, you know, be straight to the point. Don't beat around the bush. Just say, you know, I messed up or, you know, I want to fix things, what have you. Um, But, you know, drawing things out often leads to saying something you probably don't want to say or, you know, potentially placing the blame on them, um, etc. So keep it short and sweet. Um, Lastly, go back a couple verses there. Not lastly, almost lastly. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. I mean, the whole Bible is about being loving, especially the New Testament. Loving your neighbor, loving your brother, loving your friend. Be quick to love, uh, as Christ loved us, right? Um, So that has to be a major part of any friendship, uh, is showing love to those uh, who who we are friends with, and even those who we're not friends with. Um, Now, what about when times, uh, in times where rebuke is necessary? Um, Because we all know that 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 situation will, will rear its head. Look at Proverbs 28, verse 23. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. So sometimes rebuke is necessary rather than flattery. If something is going on in a friendship or in a relationship in which you, know, you need to, to say, hey, this is wrong, rather than, oh, it's okay, it's all going to be all right, the rebuke will help them, and eventually, hopefully, if they're a good friend and they're a humble person, um, then they will likely respond very similar, similarly as, as, uh, as Solomon says. They will find more favor than he who flatters. So, um, to wrap all this up, properly uh, applying all of this wisdom that God has given us um, can assure that we enjoy the blessings of good friendships in this life. Um, also, that we can look forward to enjoying um, these dear friends in the life after as well. Um, you know, by building up these kind of friendships and relationships and, and possibly being that example that leads them to Christ. Um, you know, that's obviously an important part of being a Christian and sharing the gospel is, is to be the light and shine the light in the darkness uh, and lead them to the truth. Um, Trial and error in friendships is never a good thing, just like it's not a good thing in relationships either. Um, you know, it takes time, um, but we need to know how to um, we need to know how to um, influence people and build friendships um, through God's word, through the example of being a Christian, not just um, the things that the world tells us that we need to do. Um, All of the friendships that we could ever develop in this life and in this world um, can never live up to the one that we have uh, with the one who truly truly sticks closer than a brother. 
and that's Jesus. And so tonight, uh, if you've not become his friend, then we should probably consider what he's done for you. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And in the next verse, Jesus asks of us, he says, For you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And he says very plainly that he laid down his life for us and that we are his friends if we do what he commands us. And what has he commanded us to do? To repent, to be baptized, and to obey all that he has commanded. So if the church can assist you tonight in any way with those things, um, if you'd like to be baptized for the remission of your sins, or if we can assist you in any other way, now is the time that you can come while we stand and sing.